Sweet. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Student Athlete Sessions. Today we are joined by Ashley Yu, who is the assistant women's basketball coach at Dominican University and also serves as the coordinator of recreational activities and camps. Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, we normally get things kicked off by allowing our guests to give a little intro about themselves, talk about where they went to school, maybe what they majored in, anything else they feel is important. So get us going with that. Okay, awesome. So I um, graduated from Hunter College in New York City. Uh, I studied, studied women and gender studies. Um, I started off studying psychology, um, wanted to go into sociology a little bit, but I figured uh, gender studies kind of helped me give a broader um, study for a little bit of everything. Uh, so that's kind of what I did. I played basketball at Hunter, um, you know, best four years of my life, uh, pretty much kind of helped me pave the way of where, um, you know, I wanted my career to go because I think as a 17, 18 year old kid coming out of high school, a lot of kids go through this and they don't know what they want to do. Um, but then being in, in college athletics really kind of shaped my love for not just basketball, um, but just all of athletics. Um, so, you know, when I graduated, that's when I kind of figured out I want to stay in athletics. Um, so after I graduated, that's when I went to coach uh, with um, one of my mentors, Michael Williams, at City College in New York. It was our first year there um, before COVID hit. So then uh, after COVID, he was kind of like, hey, now's kind of the chance for you to get out of New York um, and, you know, try and be somewhere else and get some experience elsewhere. Um, so I had applied to, to a couple of schools, and Dominican was one of the first schools that had reached out to me. Um, you know, I did a lot of research on the school, um, looked at a lot of videos. There were located in River Forest, Illinois, only 20 minutes outside of Chicago. And I figured, you know, this was the perfect place for me to kind of um, take a step outside of New York and see some other things. And that's where I've been, uh, you know, this year going into next year as well. Yeah. You talked about yourself as a 17, 18 year old um, coming out of high school. What did your recruiting process look like? What camps did you go to? You know, how did, how were you seen and how did you end up deciding on Hunter? Yeah. Um, so I had played, um, AAU as, as most high schoolers do. Um, so I went to a, a ton of different tournaments, a lot of USJN tournaments. Um, I remember Boo Williams played in a couple of local tournaments as well. Um, so there were some coaches, you know, there, here and there, um, especially at the big Nike tournaments and the USJN ones. Um, so that's kind of how my recruiting process was. So I had a bunch of coaches reach out to me. Um, and then a lot of showcases locally when I was playing at P in the PSAL league in high school. Um, so a lot of, uh, city coaches had also reached out, reached out to me. Um, so I had a couple of out of state offers, um, and then mostly in state, but you know, as, as, as you would know, college is very expensive. So, um, Hunter being one of the schools that reached out to me, Hunter and Brooklyn um, were my top two choices because staying in the city was kind of an option for me and my family, um, which I, you know, I didn't mind at all. I, you know, I love the city. I'm a city kid. So it being the last two options, I just figured Hunter was kind of the best option for me in terms of programs they offered um, the team at the time. Uh, they're both very competitive teams. I've always been, always been a top four team in the conference. So I know Hunter just felt like home to me. So I, that's where I decided to go and I don't regret a thing. Yeah. 
and it seems like you you had a pretty profound impact on the on the team. You were a three three time captain, is that correct? Yeah, and um, helped the program, I think, improve for most of the seasons you were there. And you you guys were sub five hundred when you when you walk in the door, and and as you're graduating, you know, I think you went. 18 and 10 as a senior, which is a pretty big improvement. How, what would you guys, what would you credit that um, improvement to and, and kind of what did you take away from being? I think the biggest thing, um, you know, you, you get a lot of talented players and stuff like that. Um, so I, I had a lot of talented teammates all throughout my time there, but I think the, the biggest thing for us that played a role was culture. Um, I remember the end of my freshman year, um, my head coach, John Garrett, uh, who's still there, he said to me at my end of the year meeting, he was like, I think I was our only freshman. So um, I was going to play a big part into the following year as to what our culture uh, looked like, because my freshman year was actually his first year taking over as a head coach as well. So he had a vision and needed me to kind of help him implement those, those ideas into our incoming freshman the following year. So I think it was just um, following that kind of culture of wanting to be around each other, wanting to work hard, wanting to compete, um, learning from our mistakes and that kind of stuff, and just being able to push each other, you know, at practice. So I think culture was a huge thing for us because, again, you know, a lot of programs have great players, but if you can't add that cohesive aspect to, to the players and the coaching staff, then, you know, it's just a, a team of good players that maybe go um, 500 and win the games that they should and lose the games that they should. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that you were the only person in your class. I, uh, for two years was the only person in my class. We had a couple, couple guys in the class of 2015 drop out. And it is a, it's a, it's a unique experience. It can be lonely at times, but it, I think looking back and given how you, you guys helped change the program, if, if I would guess you, you would look at it the same way that it, um, pretty, foundational part of your life and and a good chance for you to take a, a real leadership role and a real sense of ownership in the program at such a young age for sure um I think what really helped too my freshman year I had um the entire team was full of veterans you know I think we had five seniors that year so me coming in a little freshman you know like not knowing how to navigate the weight room the speed of of college basketball and that kind of thing and again just taking all those little things that that I learned as a freshman and continuing to push the freshmen to come after that. So I think it was just like a domino effect that kind of followed. Yeah. And you talk about culture. I mean, that's, that's a word that gets thrown around a lot. I think a lot of people strive for great cultures. Not a lot of people actually create great cultures. Um, in my opinion, a great culture extends off the court too, or off the, off the field of play. What did you and the basketball team try to do um, to, to get back to the community or what were you guys doing when you weren't, when you weren't hooping? I, I, you know, we, we hung out. We, it wasn't just like we were teammates and then friends in school. Like a lot of times we hung out off the court, you know, we, we did activities with each other that, you know, coaches didn't say, Hey guys, you have to hang out to, to get chemistry. We just enjoyed being around each other. I think that's what made that group specifically so special in my, my senior year. Um, you know, we would go to the movies, we would have pasta nights in the dorms, we would cook together and had sleepovers in the dorms, like, we were literally just like a family. So of course, when we get annoyed at each other in a game, it's it's out of love, you know, it's like you fight with your family, and then you guys get over it, and you figure it out afterwards. 
So just, just stuff like that. Um, it's just bringing back so many memories. And it, like, again, I said, it was the best time of my life. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, you mentioned a little bit, you know, graduating into COVID, uh, which is brutal. It upended a lot of seasons uh, across different sports. And, but it sounds like you've, you've handled it extremely well. You, uh, you know, landed a, a job right out. We're, we're getting some coaching experience. And it sounds like you were also uh, helping out with setting up community service events at CCNY. What, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, so one of the events that we did, um, I believe it was closer to Thanksgiving time. Um, there was like this small, um, I'm trying to remember the group it was called, but it was for a church in Brooklyn, just a really, really small place, hole in the wall. Um, and we kind of helped them stock their shelves for when they opened up the next day, basically handing out food to those in need, um, just like a pantry thing. So we helped them unload, unbox things, organize everything, um, just just stuff like that. Um, again, it was we only got to do that that year because after shortly after that, COVID kind of hit. But um, we were looking at a ton of different things. We were looking to even work at like animal shelters uh, to see if we can help out there. Um, just like a ton of different opportunities that we were thinking about doing for the following year. That's great. Um, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned, you know, college is expensive. You're from, you're from the New York city area. Um, but something that we've been trying to draw attention to is just the affordability of the city colleges of the SUNY network. And whether it's through the Excelsior scholarship, through the in-state tuition rates, um, those systems are consistently ranked at the top of the list in terms of allowing their graduates a high degree of social mobility and to, come out of school with a low amount of debt. You just talk about those, I guess, opportunities and, and how you, I guess, would advise a, a current high schooler uh, how to best take advantage of them. Yeah, I think um, growing up as, as a high schooler, like I, I'm going to be very honest here. I was not the smartest kid in the classroom. I didn't enjoy sitting in the classroom. Um, and I didn't know how much academics was going to play a part of, um, scholarships and stuff like that. You know, I was always told that, but you never know until going through it. Um, you know, now that I'm going through the recruiting process at Dominican, you see how much, you know, your GPA really plays into what you can get part of your financial packages. Um, I think, you know, like CUNY's especially, I think it's great because again, you talk about in-state tuition and out-of-state tuition. Um, at Dominican, we don't have in-state or out-of-state. It's all the same. Um, which I think is super beneficial for CUNY students. And that's why you see a lot of um, in-state kids still stay in the city and attend a CUNY. Um, but again, you get, you get your money's worth because again, you get um, the great, uh, the great education for, you know, half of what you would pay going to a SUNY or, you know, even less sometimes based on your financial aid. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't know, too, is that um, there's a lot of free money out there in terms of scholarships and what you could qualify for. Um, you just got to go look for it. Um, but I think, the again, the benefits of being in a CUNY or a SUNY or something like that is has the, the option for in and out of state um, tuition. So I think that's definitely something to consider when you're kind of financially struggling to go to maybe like a private school or something like that. Yeah, no, it's great insight. I, I, and again, it's something we're trying to 
raise the profile of and just continue to promote because I think it, there's, there's never enough information out about financial aid. And um, I think one of the benefits that, that we love about this program is just trying to bring people on that have been through the system, you know, former players, current coaches who like you have seen both sides and really have that unique insight. So appreciate you sharing about that. Yeah. Next, let's let's move on to your uh, to your coaching experience and 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 what you you know both both recruiting during COVID and what you uh, are looking forward to with Dominican this uh, this winter season when things get kicked off. Yeah. Um, so we have a great class coming in. Um, put to put on top of you know the the girls that we already have that are fantastic. Uh, so again, this is. My first year at Dominican, uh, I work under uh, Antonio Rivas, who's been a phenomenal head coach. This was actually his first year serving as a head coach at Dominican as well. Uh, he's been the assistant at Dominican for the past three years. Uh, so this would be his going into his fifth year. Um, so what a year to take over, you know, COVID. <laughs> so we were lucky to, to have a season this year. Um, unfortunately, we only got to play nine games. Usually in a regular season, we play about 25 before playoffs. Um, but I think getting that experience for our freshmen that we had this year uh, was super important. So that way they can see a little bit of the speed of the game, help them prepare for next year. Um, you know, him taking over and me stepping in as his full-time assistant, I think it changed a lot for the program. You know, um, they're used to a more defensive-minded coach uh, serving as their head coach, but he's super offensive-minded. Um so I think we ran a totally different system than than the returners were used to, but I think it was more enjoyable for them. You know, they they would tell us that, you know, this year, despite COVID and everything like that, they enjoyed coming to practice. Again, uh, changing the culture that they were used to, um, to something that they'd rather be around, you know, and not just going to practice and saying, okay, well, I'm on the team. I have to do this. They enjoyed coming to practice. Um, you know, we had four all-conference players this year. We have three first team all conference players. Um, and then one, our, our program's forever, first ever, uh, rookie of the year. So I think we're, you know, we took a right step, one step in the right direction and we're looking to make something great. How do you manage that as a, as a recent grad, you know, coaching student athletes who aren't too much younger than you and, you know, you're growing into your own authority as a coach and, how do you find a strike a balance between trying to be, um, you know, pass along the lessons that you've learned, but also, you know, keeping the distance between player and coach? What are, what are your strategies there? I think the first thing, first and foremost, you have to establish the, you know, the respect aspect of, of it. You know, like, even though I, I could be only like two or three years young, um, older than them, you know, it doesn't give them the right to say, hey, like, we're friends, like, you can make this exception for me. Like, no, this is, you know, we're a basketball program. I'm your coach, you're a player. Um, you know, I care about you. You are part of this program. I want you to be here just as much as you want to be here. But I think establishing that line first is super important. And I think it just comes naturally to, to student athletes. You know, when you see somebody who's kind of been in your shoes and now is giving forward um, the, you know, the advice and, and stuff like that. I think it just naturally kind of happens as well after you've established all of that. Um, and then after that, it's just creating that relationship, fostering that relationship with our players that make them feel comfortable approaching us, you know, on and off the court about, about anything. So that way, you know, we have a very open door policy. 
Um, if they see something in a play that maybe doesn't work, we'll think about tweaking it. Or, you know, if there's a rotation in our defense that just isn't working, again, we'll tweak it. Um, and then just, you know, again, culture. Culture is a big thing for us. So. Very nice. Um, I know you're a newcomer to the conference, the NACC, but what is your uh, walk, walk viewers through the, the conference and, and where you see Dominican falling potentially this year? Um, the NAC has always been super competitive. Um, when I first got here, I, you know, before we got to play our games, I had watched some of our film um, on the other teams in our conference. Uh, we, we only got to play half of them this year uh, because, again, we were only allowed to play in-state in our conference this year. Um, and they're, they're super competitive. Um, I think this year, um, usually Dominican is a top four team. Uh, I think we plan on going right back there, but again, I, we're going to be super young. We're super talented. I think this year we can still make top four. Um, we're definitely going to be in the conference tournament this year. Um, I think it's just going to be a lot of learning curves we're going to have to hit as a very young team. Yeah, with youth comes, you know, some fresh legs, but also definitely a learning curve. For sure. But it should be exciting, and we'll, we'll be looking out for you uh, and Dominican to, to make top four and, and maybe make some noise in the NCAAs. Thank you. Appreciate it. One thing we always try to do with everyone who's been on is, I mentioned, trying to crowdsource knowledge about the college admissions process and just Division three athletic experience in general. Um so the, the question we ask to all guests is, what advice would you give to yourself as a high school uh, recruit if you could do the process over again? For me, I don't think I would change anything. Um, I'm a firm believer of, you know, you, you are where you're supposed to be. Um, I think really just taking more initiative learning um, rather than going into the process thinking you know exactly what you want and this is the path you're going to follow. Um, and then if you don't follow it, you know, it, you're, you're kind of lost. I think being open to different opportunities, because, again, going back to the whole recruiting process, a lot of student athletes, young student athletes, um, think, you know, scholarships are the only way to go, D1, D2, NAIAs, um, but it's not. You know, um, I think those are great opportunities as well. Absolutely. But I think people need to open up to the idea of, you know, a different opportunity outside of an athletic scholarship that can potentially, you know, change your life, which is exactly what it did for me. Um, so just, you know, kind of being a sponge and, and learning about the process and being open. That's great advice. That's great advice. Um, any parting thoughts, any, any last words? Uh, people you want to shout out or uh, anything about D3? Yeah, you know, I always want to shout out my guy, Michael Williams. Um, got to shout out Hunter, Dominican, uh, you know, my family for pushing me and being there for me all these years and all of my, my teammates at Hunter uh, for doing the same. You know, we still keep in touch today. So, you know, I see them whenever I am able to go back home. So, you know, all, all of them. And thank you again for having me. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. That's our conversation with Ashley Yu, assistant women's basketball coach at Dominican. Uh, check them out this year in the NAC. Going to do big things. Ashley, thanks. Thank you.